Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We come to you every week with a discussion of a medical-related issue that affects not only seniors, their loved ones, and others. And we try to bring you experts in the field who can talk about ways in which to be diagnosed and treat whatever symptoms you are experiencing. Our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barry, is with us today. Remember, Docs in a Pod available on podcast wherever you get your podcast. Dr. Barry is Associate Medical Director for WellMed Medical Management. She's been part of the WellMed family for six years and currently a provider at the WellMed at Ninth Avenue North Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. She attended Ross University School of Medicine in Portsmouth, Dominica, where she earned her medical degree. Dr. Barry completed her residency and an OBGYN fellowship at St. Mary Hospital in Hoboken, New Jersey. Dr. Barry is board certified in family medicine, which she admits to loving. She also has been married for nearly 23 years, and they have a teenage daughter, and she's got a bunch of dogs, and, and why not? Audrey, great to see you. Same here, Ron. Uh, remind us again about your little puppies. Oh, a golden retriever who's going to be six on Sunday, oh. and a yellow lab who just turned three. Nice. And do you do a birthday party for your dogs? Nah. You don't? Nah. You don't no, invite they the just neighborhood get spoiled. Mutts? No. They just get spoiled rotten on a daily basis, so I feel like it's their birthday every day. So I'll bet that's true. Our topic today, and I mentioned before we came on the air, is kidney stones. And, and I would imagine that in your practice, you certainly have had patients with kidney stones. Oh, yes. And it is not a pretty sight. Well, let's welcome our special guest, Dr. Parth Shaw. He's a urologist at the USMD Fort Worth Clear Fork Clinic in Fort Worth, Texas, the USMD Arlington Cancer Center Urology Clinic as well in Arlington. Dr. Shaw earned his medical degree at the University of Texas Medical School in Houston. Dr. Shaw completed his urology residency at the University of Michigan Health Systems in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He's an associate medical director for USMD Urology and an assistant professor for TCU School of Medicine. Shaw is board certified by the American Board of Urology, and we've had him on before. He's a wonderful guest, a great expert when it comes to all things urological. Dr. Shaw, great to see you again. Great to see both of you again, and thank you for having me on again. Let's do the 411 on kidney stones. It's the kind of thing everybody has heard of, nobody wants. Right. So kidney stones, as we've all kind of learned, uh, they sometimes peek their head up when the weather gets a better, warmer, or up and about and maybe wanted to do activities outside. And we've also kind of noticed that the incidence or how often kidney stones have been occurring or have been causing symptoms has increased uh, over time. So currently about one in 10 of us uh, in the United States will experience a kidney stone episode during our lifetime. So, you know, my job as a urologist is to not only help my patients uh, avoid the, the pain and discomfort from, from the stones if they're trying to pass one, but also, and more importantly, prevent them from ever forming in the first place. What is a kidney stone? 
So, you know, kidney stones are essentially uh, basically congealed uh, calcifications that happen from the minerals that our body uh, processes through the kidney. So what I tell my patients is your kidney's job is to really filter blood to get rid of the waste. And along with that waste, you pass, you know, water as well as other minerals like calcium, salts, potassium into the urine. And in some cases, these minerals complex together to make stones, which then uh, can cause problems and pain as they're being passed from the kidney down into the bladder. So there are certainly things that we do in our, you know, dietary health and our fluid intake that can predispose to making kidney stones. And there's other things that are out of our control, such as our genetics. Uh, sometimes our kidneys don't handle waste like they should, and some of those patients end up making kidney stones. So there's multiple reasons, and oftentimes there's a little bit more than just not drinking enough water. And so our job is to really flush that out, pun intended. I thought the answer really was drink gallons of water, you'll be fine. And for the longest time, uh, because we didn't have a lot of other ancillary testing, uh, you know, that was kind of uh, the best way to counsel patients. But, you know, even this concept of how much water should we drink, that's been, uh, there's been a lot of debate on that. So again, with like most things in medicine, the more we study it and the more longevity we have looking at these problems, we're coming up with more kind of precision uh, kind of directions for our patients and not this broad stroke of drink more water and have fun. We're going to come back to you in just a moment, but I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Baria. We're talking about kidney stones. Ouch! Dr. Parth Shaw is with us, a urologist at USMD in Fort Worth Clear Fork Clinic, and he is somebody who sees folks with kidney stones. And I guess the simple question is, how do you know you have one? And the answer is what, just pain? Yeah, so the most common presenting symptom is pain right into that back or flank area. And typically that pain starts suddenly, right? So one day you're doing fine, living your life. The next day you notice something sudden, usually on one side or the other. And over time, as uh, and again, the reason the pain happens is the stone is being passed from the kidney down this tube called the ureter. I just call it the kidney tube because it connects the kidney down to the bladder. And, you know, as a urologist, I sometimes fancy myself as a, as a plumber, and this really becomes huh. a plumbing problem. So as the stone is being passed, it blocks the flow of urine, and that causes the kidney to swell, and that's typically what leads to the pain. And so back pain, that sudden onset, is very common. As the stone is kind of meandering its way down into the bladder, it's going to cause other types of pain. So usually patients say, my pain started in the back, now is radiating or moving around to my lower abdomen in the front. And now I'm starting to have some urinary symptoms, like maybe frequency of urination, blood in the urine, urgency of urination. So those are typically a lot of the urologic symptoms. Now, anytime you have a lot of pain, your body can have other symptoms along with that, such as nausea or vomiting. So that complex of back pain, nausea, vomiting, changes in urinary habits, that typically kind of, that happens suddenly is all kind of tantamount to having a kidney stone episode. Now you mentioned at times you feel like a plumber. If I've got a stuffed drain, I, I can pour Drano down and it'll blow up that clog. Is there an equivalent to blowing up a kidney stone? 
Yeah, and the, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. There's a lot of information online, sometimes misinformation. I know we've kind of battled that over the past few years. Yeah, what a but, surprise. Right? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, there's lots of these uh, quote-unquote uh, holistic or supplements that can break up kidney stones. But the reality is, yes, we have medications to prevent them from forming. There's only one specific type of kidney stone that may be even uh, – we can dissolve by changing what the urine, you know, the, the pH or the acidity of the urine, but that's not a very common type of stone. So for the majority of stones out there, which are calcium based, unfortunately, there's not a medication that's going to break the stone up or dissolve it. And we sometimes physically have to treat the stone and break it up ourselves with a procedure. Yeah, I hear an ad running often on radio and television, take these pills, kidney stones are gone. Yeah. And uh, a lot of my patients, uh, you know, have tried this and bring the bottles in. We kind of take a look at it and sit down and say, well, you know, sir, ma'am, this your stones are made out of calcium, which is a very dense substance. It's sort of the same composition of your bones. And so, you know, if I had a medicine to melt away your stones that are made out of calcium, you know, think about the side effects to your other, uh, you know, internal organs. So again, uh, unfortunately, sometimes um, there's over-promising and under-delivering. And, you know, our job is to really get patients to, to the right treatment for them. And importantly, worry about uh, kind of the prevention aspect, which is very uh, necessary to avoid some of these stone episodes uh, down the road. You know, like earlier, I mentioned that uh, kidney stones are fairly common, about one in 10 folks have them. And the idea is that once you have your first kidney stone, the probability of you having another stone episode, let's say in about three to five years down the road, is about 50%. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of room for kind of improvement there and how we counsel our patients and, and really work on the prevention aspect. Well, let's talk about, and Dr. Barry, I'm sure uh, you share this information with your patients as well. Uh, how do you prevent them? I mentioned drinking gallons of water, which was the old solution, no longer true. What do we do? I don't want them. What do I do? Well, one of the things that I've told my patients is I found that people who are very attached to their soda drinking, uh, that's definitely been a cause for especially like Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, or even regular, which also has the sugar content that we're trying to stay away from and high fructose corn syrup. Um, Dr. Shaw, I don't know what your experience has been, but that's what I tell my patients to avoid that. And instead of reaching for the soda, have a glass of water instead. Um, yeah, you're absolutely spot on with your recommendations. So I think, you know, I was joking about the water intake, but that is one of those things I really try to my um, patients to, to modify because let's face it, um, it's, it's a chore sometimes to drink enough water, especially in the hot summer months. Maybe you want to have a, of a beverage of a different choice, uh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So again, some of this is where I partner with my primary care physicians and providers is that, you know, some of the goals that I have to prevent kidney stones are very in parallel with the overall mm -hmm. health goes in the first place. So yes, things like avoiding, you know, sugary beverages. So we know that fructose or a high fructose corn syrup causes more kidney stones. And it's also uh, trying to really have the patient understand what they're putting into their body, right? Often uh, we all lead busy lives um, and we get caught up in the moment and we're not very intentional about what we're putting into ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that really has a lot of prediction on whether or not you're going to make kidney stones. And as we get 
you know, go through life and have processed foods, uh, salty foods, all those things, again, impact me as a urologist because patients make more kidney stones, but it's the same thing that the primary care doctors are helping counsel their patients on avoiding so we can avoid obesity, you know, cholesterol issues, heart disease. So there's a lot of synergy between these approaches, and and we'll talk about that more uh, coming up. Well, what about uh, fruits and vegetables? Uh, I happen to believe that broccoli is the magic vegetable to cure and prevent everything. So so broccoli is great and green leafy vegetables are great in general. Um, and again, uh, this precision medicine comes in because because depending on the type of kidney stone, sometimes having too much broccoli can also be a bad thing because there's a lot of calcium that's embedded within it. So, well, we'll you know, there's a, a lot of this is kind of nuance and that's where these broad recommendations on this is the magic diet to prevent kidney stones is sort of now changing we as urologists uh, tend to want to obtain some additional workup looking at how the kidney is metabolizing waste. How much calcium in the urine do you have? How much of the uh, potassium, the salt uh, in the urine do you have? How much oxalate do you have? So all those things kind of come together to point uh, me uh, in the right direction to help my patients. So rather than giving them about 15 to 20 food items that they got to do a better job at, um, I can really be precise in saying, well, this is your stone that that you passed or that I treated. This is the composition of that. This is what your 24-hour urine test, the, the uh, parameters show. And this is going to be our best bet to avoiding further stone episodes in the future. And we found that when we give patients specific instructions, not these broad kind of strokes, people are more likely to follow through on those recommendations. It's like paint by numbers. Stay with me. We'll come right back to you. We're talking with Dr. Parth Shaw. Kidney stones, the topic. And again, it's something one in 10 of us will experience a kidney stone episode and nobody wants it. Dr. Audrey Bari, our co-host, is with us. By the way, our program, Docs in a Pod, available on podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And we thank you so much for joining us today and sticking with us on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Audrey Barry, and we're talking with urologist Dr. Parth Shaw on uh, uh, today's program. He's with USMD Fort Worth Clear Fork Clinic in Fort Worth, and we are talking about kidney stones. And, and Dr. Shaw, narrow it down for us in terms of uh, ways in which both you diagnose, treat, and then prevent, and you mentioned diet can play a role. Right, and so, you know, let's say I'm seeing a patient that has a kidney stone episode. Most urologists will end up getting a picture or imaging to kind of understand where the stones are, if you're gonna be able to pass them on your own, and what the next step should be to take care of the stones that have already been made. And the treatment for that currently is something as less invasive as ultrasound 
treatment of the stones to perhaps having a, a procedure called a laser lithotripsy done. So again, a lot of our advances that we made in surgical treatment has pushed us to doing minimally invasive techniques. So ultrasound can blow it up? Yeah, so there are, uh, based on the size, the location of the stone, ultrasound or shockwave treatment for the kidney stones is a viable treatment option that does not require any instrumentation or procedures to be done physically inside your body. So that's a, that's a good treatment for certain types of stones. Now, once we've uh, treated that acute stone episode, and really the, the intent behind for me today is to, to talk about the prevention aspect. And certainly, once we determine the type of stone, the next steps would be to talk about, you know, prevention in terms of certain dietary changes. So along with water, you know, most, most of us uh, tend to not eat as healthy as we would like. And that's sort of what we were talking about before. And what I typically counsel my patients is to try to limit the amount of salt intake in your diet. So less than 2000 milligrams per day, which is really hard to do because salt is a preservative. That's everywhere. Use. Yeah. And it's in fast food. So again, this idea of being intentional about what you're putting into your body comes into play. And then the other aspects of it is that uh, what I tell folks is just because your stone is made out of calcium, and it doesn't mean that you have to avoid calcium altogether. In fact, normal amounts of dietary intake of calcium is helpful to bind up other chemicals that can be making kidney stones. So again, having, you know, three um, intake of dietary calcium per day is actually helpful to not only for the bone health, but also to prevent uh, certain types of kidney stones. And another conversation that I have with my patients is, let's say some of them have really taken this uh, new initiative to get healthier, eat right, lose weight. And there's lots of these diets uh, that are out there, you know, the, the keto diet being the most common one that's uh, recently been very in vogue, uh, as they say. So you know, that sort of diet sometimes uh, lever causes patients to make a certain type of kidney stone, a uric acid kidney stone. And a recent study that came out that compared to folks that were not doing the keto diet, there was a five-fold increase in kidney stones for patients doing keto. So that's where, you know, again, not saying keto diet is a bad thing, but understanding that there are other metabolic ramifications uh, for doing these diets. And it's really best to partner with your physician or provider to ensure that we're not developing metabolic issues uh, when we do any sort of new dietary change. I want to understand. I, I want to come back to what you just said. Yeah. Uh, if you're on the keto diet, and I have a ton of friends who are on it or were on it, you have a five times more likely incidence of kidney stones. Mm-hmm. Well, you're That's increasing huge. your protein intake because that those diets are very protein heavy. Right. And protein is good for you, but not when your diet is solely based on protein because you're cut out all the carbohydrates. You're getting minimal fat intake with the keto diets. And I really, I mean, I, my recommendation to my patients is that they need to make sure that they're getting lab work to look at their kidney functions on some sort of timely schedule while they're doing these diets. Dr. Right. Shaw? Mm -hmm. hey, go ahead. Well, right. So I would just echo uh, those sentiments. Uh, and, and oftentimes, um, you know, we've found that just having that conversation 
and understanding that there is a ramification for the kidney function and potentially making stones, it helps kind of give everybody a game plan to follow. So I think, you know, I want to really raise awareness when it comes to these, uh, you know, diets that seem to come and go uh, over time. Uh, and there are some real ramifications for our health. When you talk about uh, diet, what about exercise? Can that also help reduce the risk of kidney stones? So, you know, when when we look at studies for what what are risk factors associated with kidney stone formation, we do, you know, there's a relationship between a quote unquote pro-inflammatory environment, whether that be with folks that have, uh, you know, heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, uh, this, uh, you know, obesity. So yes, uh, weight loss is going to be helpful to reduce some of the other risk factors uh, that can lead to other medical problems. And it will, I wouldn't say it's going to be the cure-all for kidney stones, but there is a decreased probability of making kidney stones the more, you know, exercise and weight loss that you do. I want to come back where we began. And you said that uh, as we approach summer, at that time of year, there's more kidney stones. And why would that be? So there's a lot of theories that have been debated about this. Uh, so certainly there is evidence that the prevalence of kidney stones increases in the summer. Uh, the thought was, well, we're not drinking uh, as much fluid as we'd want, or we're maybe sweating it out while we're doing outdoor activity, maybe baking out in the sun. Um, but now the thought process is twofold. Well, you know, we have to go back and look back what we're doing in the winter. So winter in most, uh, you know, situations where sort of hibernating, we're end up celebrating a lot of festivals, we're eating, maybe not as healthy as we would like. And that sometimes leads to some chemical changes, some excretion of some minerals into the kidney that are starting to complex and form stones. And over time, again, think of, I don't know if you ever grew rock candy uh, growing up, but sure. so that's sort of the same concept, which is one crystal begets another begets another. And then in the summer, you add the dehydration factor of it. Now these stones really kind of precipitate. And then uh, certainly certain activities, you know, roller coasters, theme parks, et cetera, can, can dislodge these stones for, for them to pass. So I think that the it's actually a twofold explanation. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, what's in our control is what we're putting into our body uh, on, a, on a consistent basis and what we're put, drinking in terms of hydration. And going back to earlier, we had talked about avoiding, you know, sugary beverages um, and also a lot of processed beverages that can help uh, increase the minerals that we're trying to avoid in our kidney. When you mentioned sugary beverages, uh, the soft drink industry is running ads now touting low sugar, no sugar in 60% of their beverages. Obviously, they've got the message. But what about the sugar substitutes? Are they a problem? Well, I think uh, as far as I know, there's not been any studies looking at uh, these substitutes for urologic uh, conditions or kidney stone formation. So I can't comment on that. But I, uh, you know, from a general medical perspective, we do know that these substitutes and their intentions, uh, which was, you know, avoiding weight gain and, and avoiding excess sugar has not really helped uh, in terms of our general overall patient population. So, you know, I think uh, the, the metabolism of these uh, isomers of sugar is a little bit more complex and we're not uh, quite seeing the touted benefits um, that the software industry would, would want you to believe. Got about two minutes left. And before we run out of time, uh, is there an age at which kidney stones are more prevalent? 
So usually it was 30s to 50s was our population of patients, uh, kind of folks in the prime of life. And now we've found that, again, a lot of this is due to sort of overall kind of geographic dietary kind of patterns. We're seeing kidney stones that happen younger and even our older patients. Hmm. Um, Oftentimes, uh, if I have a patient, you know, and earlier we were talking about other risk factors, sometimes genetic based on how your kidney is designed to filter waste. If I have younger patients uh, that are in their teens or 20s or patients that have family history of kidney stones, then we kind of look at more in in that, you know, what is predisposing you that may be out of your control. So if you're or you or someone that's uh, that, you know, suffering from kidney stones from an early age, it'd be really wise to do a a deep investigation and to see if there's any uh, uh, predilection from a genetic standpoint that you would be making kidney stones in the first place. Don't we all have kidney stones? They're just mostly minuscule. You never know you had them. So we all could develop kidney stones or calcifications and smaller they are, the easier they are to pass and you may not even know them. Um, But again, about 10% of them will develop kidney stones that are causing problems. So, you know, yes, uh, you're going to flush out waste as long as it's tiny. But again, going back to the plumbing, if it's big enough, it'll block the plumbing and you'll feel it. Well, we are flat out of time. I thank you so much for coming on. Every time you join us, Dr. Shaw, we learn something. And we thank you so much, Dr. Parth Shaw, USMD Fort Worth Clear Fork Clinic, a urologist, and we're delighted to have you with us. For Dr. Audrey Barria, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon right here on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.